All right, well, I'm Johnny Cawthon, president of New Life School of Ministry in Anderson, Indiana. For many of us, we have what I call a watershed moment, that moment when God changes everything. And I know uh, Pastor Eric has had some interesting things going on in his life. We're like that, and of course, uh, your son, we got to hear his testimony. What an amazing thing. I'm glad to hear what was going on. But for me, it was in Samara, Russia. I was there to do a mission trip and do what I do, and my gallbladder burst, and I spent two weeks in, an, in a Russian hospital. I uh, almost died. The good news is I didn't die, <laughs> but I came back home again to Indiana, but with a new vision. And God had called me to begin a school of ministry that he, sh he said to me would be a part of a movement that eventually would be a part of a larger movement that was going to usher back the return of Jesus. And so, you know, as we set out to do this, it, it did not look like a movement. Many times God's beginnings don't look, don't despise the day of small things, right? And so uh, we, God began to work. And then he sent us these two wild South Africans. You guys know Erica and Miranda. I think they were with you a month and a half ago or so. And uh, they helped us start our school. And during this season, after coming back, God told me the, that I was called to be an apostolic and prophetic mobilizer. And you may say, mobilize for what? Well, you see, God has this idea about a mission he's been on right down through the ages. And he is calling us to recognize that every one of us are on mission with him. But not everybody knows that yet. And so we've got to mobilize each of us to, to uh, understand God is on a mission to reach his creation because you realize that today there are going to be a lot of people that are going to die and go to hell because they never even heard there was a God who loved them or that there was a Jesus who died for them. And somehow we've got to get the message out, don't we? And so it's going to take all of God's people not being spiritual couch potatoes but being engaged in God's mission. So as you look back to the word of God, the biblical story, you realize that this, this idea of God being a missional God and, and being on a mission to reach everyone is not just uh, something that happened lately, but it was in the book of Genesis, in every book of the Bible, right through to the book of Revelation. And in, in Genesis chapter 12, God speaks to this dude named Abram, and he tells him, I'm going to bless you, and through you, you're going to bless all the nations all the peoples. It was right there in Genesis and right on through. You see that this God who is continually breaking out. Again, we think, well, he was the special Jewish people. That, that's his people. But no, all people are his people, and the Jews were just supposed to get the message and tell everybody, and they didn't do a very good job of that. But God continued to work with them as he's continuing to work with us. When you think about the prophets in the Old Testament, they'd call people to repent, to live holy lives, and to give themselves to God's purpose. In the New Testament, we see that the New Testament prophets did the same thing, except they, you know, Jesus had come now, and so they were saying, no, give yourself to the lordship of Jesus and to, to my purpose, to live holy lives. And this idea of reaching all the nations and making them disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, to go, therefore, and make all nations my disciples, that's what he called us to do. Well, the result of being on mission with God as we embrace that, is that number one, the, the unreached will be reached. Unsaved, they'll hear the gospel. They'll be presented, they'll be given the chance to have a relationship with the God who loves them and created them for himself. Thirdly, 
uh, Christ's kingdom will be displayed in all the nations. And that is, you and I will be doing signs and wonders and seeing God use us for miracles as we simply believe him and let him work through us. And so that's, that's a part of that being on mission. These things will happen. And the fourth one is that God's people will be made for God's future world. Now, there is going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And if you were kind of thinking, well, I'm going to die and I'm going to float around a cloud and play a harp. No, probably you didn't. But, but that's not all that's going to happen, right? No, that's not it at all. We're, it talks something about judging angels and ruling cities. and I mean, there's stuff after this life that we're being prepared for now. And so as we engage in God's mission, that's possible. And, and you know something? God in his infinite wisdom has combined our participation with him in his mission with our coming into the maturity that he has. These things have been combined. And in fact, we've discovered that the two are so inseparably linked that if people don't engage in God's mission, they never come into maturity. They never grow up. And they stay spiritual couch potatoes all their lives. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe God's merciful and they'll start in kindergarten in heaven, but I don't think that's his idea and, and certainly not what he's calling us to. But not only is he calling um, every one of us, and, and I think our task today as New Life School of Ministry is to stir you to realize you are called to this mission. And, and every believer, and not only that, but your church, which I know you are already, but every church is called to be a missional church. And what I mean by that is that we recognize everybody's called a mission, and we're to do our best to help each one fulfill the mission God has for them. Can I hear an amen in the house? Amen. Missional. Uh, I, I like to say uh, we're all called to be a part of God's family business of extending his kingdom to the ends of the earth. Amen. So uh, everyone is to be involved in that. You know, because of globalization, the nations have come to us. And so we buy gas from a guy from India. We go to the Mexican restaurant and we eat that wonderful Mexican food or the Chinese buffet. You know, and so the nations literally have come to us. And, and because of that, um, we have such an opportunity to be a part of touching nations without going anywhere. Just praying for and reaching out and sharing Jesus with our neighbors, ministering to people that God connects us with. Some will go, and uh, we're all about that at New Life School of Ministry. We're training people. We're believing that God's going to give us students, and maybe some of you that will come and study with us, and God will prepare you to go to other nations cross-culturally. Uh, something like Tabitha Simmons, have you heard of her? Yeah. Isn't it great watching what's going on with her with her blog and, the, and her Facebook stuff? It's just uh, really cool how God is working in an amazing way uh, through, uh, through your church. But Though we won't all go, we will all send. We will all pray. God willing, we will all pray. How important is that it is that we pray, right? And we'll send, we'll pray, it will support, and we'll be welcomers of the nations that have come to our very back doorstep. I was mentioning about the maturity thing that's tied in with embracing God's mission. I was just thinking this morning as I looked around on your worship team and how many of them have been to Russia and, and in Cal to Kalmykia in particular, but I saw Sarah Coffey get her voice 
and come make you Russia on a mission trip. I believe everybody's called to go on a mission trip. And uh, if you haven't gone yet, get ready. Uh, there's an opportunity in October for you to go with me to Kalmykia. I hope you can. We're going to be going in May with our school uh, students from the school ministry. So it's uh, exciting to see what God will do in our lives. And now so great to see her on the worship team. She hadn't sung in a worship team before that. And now here she's singing out prophetically. That's so cool, Sarah. Praise the Lord. Now I'd like to introduce to you Ethan Kimberly from Knightstown, Indiana. But today he's going to be representing a missionary hero that went to the Burma people, uh, Adoniram Judson. Here he is. I say that word so well. Adoniram, but yeah, you're close. (laughs) He's been working on it. So uh, thank you for allowing me to share briefly on my testimony of what God's done in Burma. And I'm just going to go through when I arrived in Burma and Rangoon, I had no knowledge of the people, the language, the culture. So I spent three years um, trying to learn the language. I spent 12-hour days every day with a tutor with little outside contact learning the language. And after that three years, I began to translate the Bible. And I started with the Gospels. And I... <clears throat> had I spent three years doing that, and I once I got the Gospels translated, I uh, was confident to begin public speaking, and I waited until I knew the language, I was fluent in it, had a Bible to give the people before I started talking about God. So when I first started in the city, we only had 15 people show up, so and they were very only curious, they weren't very interested in what I had to say, so it's very disappointing and kind of frustrating that God has sent me all this way. I spent six years doing this, working hard for only 15 people to show up and not really care what I had to say. But I stuck with it. I continued, and for four months, I uh, had public meetings still. And one person during that four months was baptized. And I was you know, frustrated that God sent me this far to do this for only one person, but I knew he had a plan for me. I knew he called me here, so I continued to work, and so four years later, I had finally completed the New Testament, and only our little meeting had only grown to 18 people in that four-year period, but God opened up a door for me to go to southeast coast of Burma, where I met the Karen people, and I met a slave there who God put on my heart to free and he traveled with me, I discipled him, and he was baptized. And when he was baptized, God put a passion on his heart to his own people. And so he went back and he preached and he went to every village in his area, talking and spreading the good news. And to this day, there are over six million Burmese Christians. And to my surprise, they all credit me with being the father of their faith because of the work I had done in translating the Bible. And the disciple, that Karen disciple that went out, planted churches in every single village in his region. And that is today, there's still thriving churches in every single village in that region. And I just want to encourage you all that, you know, missions, God called me there, and I spent 10 years for only 18 people. I didn't see the fruit of 
what God called me to. But I laid the groundwork, the foundation of those who came before me and who I touched. And they reached six million people to this day. So missions, when I was called, I had to work through it. I had to continue, even though I couldn't see what God was doing, that God still used me and his plan was still there. I had to trust in what he was doing. Now I want to introduce to you Joe Shannon, also one of our students. Uh, Joe was watching a sports video on TV, and God spoke to him, and he's going to share about it with you. Good morning. Okay. Well, uh, it was amazing. Uh, everybody knows Tiger Woods, right? Right, you know, and uh, he didn't, like, win a tournament for a good while, right? So last fall, I was watching uh, this golf tournament, and I want to show you the video, and then I will uh, tell you what the Lord laid upon my heart immediately when I seen it. We all know that God can use anything, use anything. And when I seen that, when I seen how them people was following Tiger Woods, do you see that? I was amazed at, at how people would just, and it's like the Lord said, wouldn't it be wonderful? He just spoke this to my heart just as gently as ever. He said, wouldn't it be wonderful if people sought me in that way? Anxiously waiting to see what I will do. Just it, and, and it's just, it just, God really laid that on my heart. And uh, so, that's the heart for God. God wants his people to follow him in such a way. And uh, so I've got some scenarios and some statistics to share with you. And uh, so we'll start with this. Did you guys know that the average Super Bowl package is at a cost for the weekend for just a regular person to go to the Super Bowl? is at a cost of $6,639. It's expensive, isn't it? Tickets, foods, drinks, the whole bit. Uh, so I want to throw this scenario at you. We're all Colts fans, right? All right, all right, all right. So what if the Colts had the opportunity to make the Super Bowl this year? Okay. You had the opportunity to go. You had the money to go. And as you're getting dressed, getting ready to go to the game, the Lord spoke to your heart and said, I want you to put that money into my treasury. I want you to put that money into my kingdom. Wow. Scenario, what would you do? What would you do? Okay. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about lotteries for a minute. Did you know, this is amazing, did you know that 70% of lottery winners file bankruptcy within three to five years? And it doesn't matter the amount of money. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And what it carries with it is a high rate of alcoholism 
a very high rate of drug abuse, a very high rate of uh, divorce, and a very, very high rate of suicide. Proving that, that money is temporary. Money is a temporary thing, and uh, it apparently does not pay, make people happy. So the joy of the Lord is what we're, we're looking for. So, you know, uh, money just doesn't work. The movie Aquaman came out a couple months ago, right? I don't know if anybody went to see it, but in the first weekend of two days, just right here in the United States, it grossed $250 million. So I challenge you today, you know, what could God do maybe if we skipped one movie a year, right? Amen? And maybe just give it to the Lord. $250 million could do a lot for the kingdom of God, right? Amen? Amen. Okay, so uh, I want to share this scripture. John 3, 16, 17, For God so loved the world <clears throat> that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So we know it's God's heart. We know it's God's heart to reach each and every person. And that, that, should, that should be our drive also. Uh, so God commissions us, right? Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. It's true, we all can't go. But we all are called to this. We all have a part to play. And, and Pastor Johnny, you know, we can be, we can be the potatoes, but, but we can be the goers for God too. So if you can, I challenge you with this, you know, with stewardship. Uh, if you can't, you can be a part. You can be a part of it uh, financially, prairie, and just any way. We all work together. God calls us all to work together, and, uh, and we can do this thing. Amen? Amen. Thank you. I mentioned earlier something called people blindness. It's the reluctance to be with or to pray for people who are not like us. Uh, we have a lot of stuff going on with immigration today in our country, and I think we're all in favor of lawful immigra immigration and yet being open to the nation's coming because most of our heritage is from those who have come to America, unless you happen to be a Native American. Um, it's very common for believers to see people of their own ethnicity as in need of being witnessed to, but then completely blind to those around them of other ethnicities 
and not even realizing they too are important to God and need to hear about Jesus. So this is called people blindness. Uh, through migration, through job seeking, education, and asylum, many families uh, representing unreached peoples are coming to America. There are people living in America that if we went to the country of their origin, we would be killed for trying to share the gospel. But they're here, and they're wide open, and especially Muslims are being killed by Muslims, and they're going, what is wrong with our religion? And they're wide open to the gospel if we didn't have people blindness. And so uh, God has orchestrated that these people would come to America and to other countries where there are viable churches that can share the love of Jesus with them. Uh, and it's actually God doing this. Acts 17, 26. Think of this. Listen to this. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. It's God's plan to move these people around and through, through something we call globalization. Uh, so the opportunity is there, but the opportunity can be missed if we're blind to the need. God loves the world and every nation, every people in the world, and he often creates events in the world that bring unreached peoples to our very communities. And I say we must seize these opportunities that God gives us, and I encourage you to do that. You got to love John Piper. He takes that two before and smacks us right between the eyes. <laughs> Either you're an obedient goer or, obedient, or a radical goer, or whatever it was, and a radical sender, or you're disobedient. That's, I mean, that's, those are the options, and there's a lot of truth in that. Well, I want to mention something in closing about Kalmykia in particular. Kalmykia was given to our Renet churches uh, in, the, in the region of central Indiana uh, as we were meeting for a leadership meeting with Cross Ministries in 2012. There was uh, maybe someone in this room that was there. Oh, Mike Brown. So Erica and Miranda, somehow this is needs, there we go. Eric and Miranda were talking about this unreached people group called Kalmykia, a republic in southern Russia, and they put this flag on the screen. And Mike Brown blurted out, I saw that flag in my dream! <laughs> there was a prophetic word, and within minutes we knew that God was calling us in central Indiana to adopt Kalmykia as an unreached people group that we were to trust God to use us to reach this nation for him. And so we started going. Through Eric and Miranda, they found a contact. The Lord just sovereignly set it up, and we started taking short-term mission trips there. How many of you have been to one of those trips? Several of you here. Let's say, raise your hands. There we go. Gage and y'all, uh, of course, Shelly, Mike. And as we started to go, God began to uh, do miracles, do wonders, encouraging the church there, reaching uh, some of the lost people that were there. Um, and we... Um, we were trusting the Lord to use us. And so we were able to, uh, with some help with some South African churches as well, rent a flat and actually support uh, a couple, Sveta and Yuri Volkov. Some of them in the room know those people. Uh, they were with our team in Samara, that Samara, Russia, that we 
been working with for years, and, and God has moved them there to really minister to the churches and to reach out and represent us, and they receive the short-term teams that come. They'll receive uh, us when we go in May, and they'll receive another group in October, and they'll receive some South Africans in between. So a lot has been done to begin this process of raising up a church planting movement among the Kalmyk to reach their own people. They're, they're Mongolian from descent. Uh, Genghis Khan, when he moved in that part of the world, left them there in the 16th century. And uh, much history has gone on, but here are people that, that are unreached, less than 2%, less than, less than 1% know Jesus, but that number is growing. I was just so excited last October when I was there, I personally led nine people to the Lord in, while I was there. And, and the government is saying you can't proselytize outside, but in the church building you can. And I was invited to the hospital and several people got saved there. It's just so cool how the God just orchestrates this thing around. And now we're looking at a village, another village where there's no church planted, uh, perhaps being the first part of this church planting movement. So would you pray with us? Uh, we're going to end the service after a short video here about Kalmykia and ask you to join us in prayer and about people getting groups about five and there's going to be some prayer points on the screen. But we know that there's a lot left to be done and it will be accomplished by prayer and by our responding and obedience to go as the Lord directs us. And we need your support, not just today, but having Kalmykia on your heart every day. This, this group is going to become a reach people group because of you guys, us in, here in central Indiana, working with others from Russia and South Africa to see this group reach for Jesus.